You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Britt Johnson, who is a writer, a teacher of astrology. She enjoys plant medicine and women's integrative wellness and we're super excited to pick her brain and have her share her knowledge. So please welcome Britt to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi Britt. Hey. Thank, Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here and chat with us. Let's start from the beginning. Tell us where your cannabis journey first began. Well, my cannabis journey has been very interesting because I don't smoke a lot. Okay. And it's been very sporadic. I think the first time I was like 17. Okay. That's a good age. Yeah. A lot older than I feel like a lot of our normal people. It's usually like 13, 14. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? Yikes. Uh (laughs) Yeah. So mine kind of goes along the lines too of other plant medicines and how I utilize it. So yeah. Uh, we can definitely dive into that. But it was one of those situations where uh, at a house party, uh, smoke didn't work. And then... It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else was super high. The cops came. My friends were, you know, really high. And I'm sitting there really sober and just observing everything. And I, yeah. I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm so glad it didn't work that time. Yeah. <laughs> I would be so paranoid right now like everybody else. <laughs> Man, and then a big giant gap until I wasn't uh, an adult. Okay. okay, yeah. So you kind of just use it in waves of whenever you're you feel yeah. like it. You yes, it. Uh, and I use it like I use other plant medicines as well. So okay, it's okay. a very inward experience. Yeah. I don't smoke uh, anywhere other than my house or spaces that I feel like I can go with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I laid down and put an eye cover on and I yeah. go okay. really deep. I get it. That's cool. It's that cool to cool. hear how everyone's relationship with cannabis is so different. Yeah. So whenever you use cannabis, are you like a flower girl? Like what do you like what do you prefer? Um, you know, for me, my knowledge of cannabis isn't what a lot of my friends are. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that I'm more of the upper mm-hmm. and I feel that and um I think for me, getting into it later was really good. And then mm-hmm. I've actually used psilocybin more than cannabis. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 And so for me, it's a very different energy mm-hmm. in many, many ways. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I have my own thoughts of the industry of itself too and how that. For so, sure. So I use cannabis that people I know grow. Yeah. I feel that. Yes. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't go to dispensaries. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and. I know people who have dispensaries that I trust and honor, mm-hmm. um, but I also have other thoughts on that too and the, how the big boom here in Oklahoma and just all over the country mm-hmm. of really um, abusing cannabis, I think, because I see these plants as kin. I see them as mm-hmm. creatures and living beings that are a part of us. Yeah. So we yeah. can abuse them. Yeah. I mean, that's very true. You yeah. see people doing it even with just the medicine they create for people and how not clean it is all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I feel like that affects it. So what do you enjoy doing after you, like when you do smoke mindfully, like what's your like go-to thing to do at home by yourself? You're just hanging, like what do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's taking 
the knowledge that I felt, saw, experienced, and writing. Okay. Definitely is that. And uh, I see plant allies as, well, psilocybin specifically and everything that, you know, we already have DMT receptors Mm -hmm. within our pineal. So, and psilocybin doesn't work until it's activated within our body. So um, it's just out there and this beautiful kin fungus that's just there. And then we, we activate it, our body activates it. So um, I take whatever it is that I see and feel as a mirror Mm -hmm. of the cannabis or any plant medicine showing me back to myself so it isn't this like I'm going to smoke and get all these secrets to the universe and mm-hmm. something bigger than myself because it is myself. Yeah. It, you know, nothing is bigger than our self-realization. Mm-hmm. So I just take that and I, I think, okay, well, it wasn't time yet for me to have seen and felt what it is that that wisdom within that it just mm-hmm. helped me yeah. pull up. But it didn't give me the magic code or secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. So tell me what your first experience with psilocybin was like. I want to tell you guys my most profound one. Okay, go ahead. Okay. I'd love to hear it. So uh, I was in Colorado six years ago with an ex, and we were at a friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys know this, but the altitude really changes things. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, and I was just really uh, at ease. I felt safe. And, of course, all the things that I do, and anytime I do any plant medicine, safety is of the high priority. And But I was with friends I felt safe with. Safe with and so we were out in my giant tent. It was like a two-room tent. And we were separated from, like, the parents of the wedding and all of us, you know. It felt very, like, high school even though we were yeah, adults. so fun, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and we're in there, and we're just in that place of ease, right? And so we smoke, and then, you know, I smoked more than probably I ever did before. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even thinking about it or realizing it. And then later on, someone was passing around a pen, and we were sitting around the campfire. And I remember my ex being like, uh, maybe this time you need to just go ahead and pass it around. And I was like, maybe you need to mind your own business. <laughs> Facts. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was funny because I remember looking over at him and I'm like, I've been high, but I've never been this high, you know? Yeah. Um, and so then that's when it like sunk in and I went to like a completely different place because, uh, you know, cannabis can take us just as deep as the deepest psychedelic, mm-hmm. you know, three grams of psilocybin, uh, if that's your intention mm-hmm. and if you're in a space of allowance for that. And so then we went back into our room and that's when it really hit me and I sat and what I call like I dropped into this like channel. And he asked me, you know, something like, do you want to go back out there with your friends? And I was like, started talking about the universe and traveling. Well, I was going like blank of what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And because I was really just in that transcendental flow. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, what, what are you talking about? And, um, that's when I knew my ego was completely separating from myself. Wow. That you could like feel. And I yeah. Felt, yeah. Yeah. Because I kept remembering saying, who am I? am I? But I wasn't scared. It wasn't that fear of the ego and that detachment, which a lot of people experience first going into plant medicine journeys is that separation of like Mm -hmm. all your labels start to disintegrate. Who am I? Oh my God. And you're, you know, you have those experiences, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. And I felt like this is it. This is how we can all feel when we detach. 
and he wasn't ready to go there at the time with mm-hmm. me. We joke about it now, but uh, I kept saying, come over here on this side of the veil. <laughs> I come over here and he's like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and I was like okay I know I'm really high but just like work with me because I'm over here and you're over here and come over here you know? <laughs> yeah you wanted them to like feel like yeah I could yeah. see it though yeah. I could see the transition mm. between this like multi-dimensionality of ourselves and it was like tangible and yeah. like that tangible to be like, come over, come here. over here, like yeah. just come over here. And he wasn't ready. And then once, you know, I tried enough times and I was like, fuck it. And then I moved on and then he got really uncomfortable. And I remember him picking up his phone and like scrolling on Instagram and I was like, okay, and we're done you know, yeah. here in this, in this moment because you've checked out from the fear, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I never to this day still in my life have I completely felt fearless an identityless mm. wow. um, until later in some of my plant medicine journeys beyond cannabis. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So how old were you when, when this happened? Um, I think it was, it was before my Saturn return. So it would have been like uh, 26, 27. Wow. So way later. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't had, I've, I've, eating like chocolates and stuff and like microdose, but I've not actually like fully dove into myself. And that's something that I've been craving lately, especially because I've kind of gone through a lot of trauma and stuff lately. Um, And I'm in a very transitional phase of my life. I just need the right like place and setting, but I've been craving it lately. So your experience gives me butterflies in a good way because I'm like I'm excited to feel that and like just kind of shed my ego and shed all the titles that are attached to me and just be and see where that takes me yeah I've done that twice with cannabis now but that's it that's awesome wow so what's your relationship like with like your family and like all of your plant medicine and consumption are you guys pretty open like what's that dynamic like uh yeah I mean I'm open with pretty much everything that I do in every aspect, so family and on social media, and, and I have really good boundaries with it, but my journey with any plant is completely open because I have no shame mm-hmm. for that. Uh, and I myself don't abuse any of these plants. I'll do a journey uh, with psilocybin like once a year, mm-hmm. and I, I hold space a lot, retreats and individuals. But um, so... I think that, yeah, diving into holding any shame with any of it and the perception outside of me and doing that inner work, um, yeah, I don't overthink it. Yeah. I don't, and even when we had to reschedule for me to come here, I was going through deep, deep rabbit hole shit with my dad and stuck in southeast Oklahoma, and um, that was a whole experience mm. of its own. But, um, yeah, I'm even open with him about what I do, but... Yeah, I think that um, when it comes to the support I get from my mom, that's really changed Mm -hmm. because in the way I view just holding in shame or anything that I offer into the spaces of the world with women retreats and because she's a part of it, she helps uh, manage, uh, we call her our, you know, like business manager and um, she's a double Gemini with a Pisces son. So very left brain, mm-hmm. and she knows everything. And I remember when she started coming to the retreats I was holding in 2015, 
I remember telling her, like, I got, we got to go to lunch. I got some things to tell you because that shit's going to come out in the circles, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was very sweaty conversations, but it was where she would look at me and be like, oh yeah, I've done that. And I'm like, what? That's cool. That's really cool. So yeah, on, on both ends, it's, it's very different. I have a very narcissistic father who I probably will physically never see again in this life. And then my mom and I are extremely close. That's awesome. It's nice that you have one parent that you can ground yourself to, you know? So to dive a little deeper, Britt, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, my mom is an evolutionary astrologer, and I've been in that world since I was a little girl, and very spiritual aspects of life, and then found my own way when I got into my 20s. Um, But evolutionary astrology is what we study and teach um, and hold sessions, which is modern-day psychology mixed in with patterns and cycles, which is astrology. So very much a lot of Carl Jung um, Mm -hmm. and those types of teachings and shadow work and inner child trauma yeah so for me that's what women's integrative wellness is it's Mm -hmm. the whole merge of that with astrology somatic practices plant medicine um and holding safe space for women to feel like that their deepest traumas can come to the surface Mm -hmm. um because until we really chisel at those and bring those and bring light and look at them yeah Mm -hmm. and not identify with our stories it's very hard to move on from a lot of that subconscious programming. So, right, yeah. right. Which you don't need plant medicine to do, but mm-hmm. I always say, too, if you feel called to it, it can be a fast pass, mm-hmm. like going yeah. to an yeah. yes. right. amusement park. Yeah. But you have to do it with intention because mm-hmm. then when you make it about that, then it's just another crutch. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, um, I'm a co-founder of uh, Cosmic Rabbit Hole Retreats, which we do many different types of somatic practices and exploration, inner child trauma work, plant medicine, all over the country. That's really cool. So you just came back from one of those, right? I did. How, like, how was that? Paint like a little picture for us. <laughs> well, it's always different in the locations, and there was 11 of us total. Okay. Um, I think the most we've had is uh, 14 to 16 total, and every one of them's different. This one there was a monsoon, like, basically landslide of the place we were staying we couldn't get access to. So within three hours, we had to find a new place to stay. Oh. Yeah. So wow. that kind of stuff is kind of what begins the process, and you never know. Mm-hmm. And you just build this a beautiful way of leadership and problem solving. And yeah. um, I just, you know. It's a part of it. You got to laugh mm-hmm. a lot about it. Because it's yeah. it's a part of the journey, and yeah. it's just more ego deaths than ego deaths than ego deaths mm-hmm. every time. So then, after I come back, it's usually about a week where I have to integrate and take time and slow down and be very much in the yin space, um, because it's always pulling up our stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool that you're mindful of like resettling yourself gently. You know, yeah. of like what the balance you need. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to come back into real world when you've had a little bit of time away and just gotten to like be very in yourself. Then when you go back into real world, it's like, whoa, this is a lot. So it's nice that you're mindful enough to do that. So we see you on Instagram and you always have a lot of insight and knowledge with everything that you share. What put you on this journey and initially attracted you to what you do for others? Well, like I said, I grew up with it, with my mom being way into um, psychics and Mm -hmm. astrology as well. And then um, my dad's side was very religious, and my 
my mom's side also Catholic, but I had to really find my own way in it where it wasn't just because my mom is into it because I pushed against it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, I was in a 10-year-long relationship from 15, had my son at 22, uh, got thyroid cancer. That really propelled my spiritual, if you want to call it spiritual journey, of self-realization. And um, so my journey began in 2011. I was one of those 2011, uh. 2012 Um, and so I've had the last, you know, more than a decade to really sink into that. Whereas the last two years, people have really been jolted Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that I'm just really grateful. I had all the time to really, um, move through a lot of these relational relationship patterns, which all, you know, have stemmed a lot from my father. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that it's not just one thing, it's many um, and it's not linear and yeah. things are, you know, coming back mm-hmm. and just like in the last two weeks and even two months, I've had to revisit a lot, which astrologically makes a lot of sense now too. Okay. Um, you know, we're just getting going. We, you know, we started something that began in 2012 in a big ways astrologically and it really won't start hitting its peak. I don't believe until 2025. So, you know, it's, it's nothing to fear or be afraid of. It's mm-hmm. just our evolution human beings so that's good that's really, yeah <laughs> setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run yes and with being business owners or self-sob we understand what it's like pretty well i think with bic legal they practice in areas like family law estate planning business litigation and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. So I feel like there can be a lot of misunderstanding and interpretation on career paths like what you do if you're not armed with knowledge and you're not receptive, you know, just all of that. What's something that people are surprised by when they use your service and your expertise that maybe they weren't expecting, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think that, um, well, sometimes people don't know my age and they assume I'm younger than I am. Um, And then if they're, like, I attract a lot of, different array of women mostly I've worked with some men um but I think it's just I allow myself to not question what I know I always say like I know what I know because I know it and yeah yeah it's, it's not from my ego it's just I can't explain either yeah and people pull things from me so I love interviewing and I love sitting with people face to face in person mm-hmm. Because then even when I leave or they leave, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> how? But but I understand now and I feel now how we all have access to that channel. Mm-hmm. And so you hear words like higher self, over soul, God self, whatever you want to call it. But it's a stream we all have access to. So when I'm in the flow, I feel it. And when I'm out of it and I get pulled from it, I, I have tools now where I come back. So it's made me a really good communicator and speaker mm-hmm. because okay. of that. That's so cool. it's just fine-tuned it. But right. but everyone else had their hand in that because, you know, we all assist and be each other's mirrors to pull that from each other. So. Yeah. Oh, 
That's great. Mm-hmm. You're very well spoken. Yes. <laughs> so you have a variety of services that you offer, and I saw that womb wellness and birth work is one of those. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what the benefits of that are and like what it looks like? Right. Well, I love speaking about womb wellness and uh, holistic birthing specifically because here in the Western world, we, we have a lot of trauma around the womb. Uh, and I like to speak physiologically about it as well. So the womb being ovaries and uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, so really just like, uh, and then you could just say like the first three energy centers or chakras. But uh, for some people to not go over their heads or sound too spiritual, I'll break it down to the physiology of it. Okay. Um, and then the breakdown of the metaphysical anatomy aspect of it or German new medicine and what those represent, emotions they hold, and physiology. Because the way I see pain, illness, is a healing phase. Mm-hmm. Um, accidents, things that happen, it's a, a closure. Yeah. If we can come to that space of seeing it. Um, and then birth, you know, I've had and been witnessed and experienced myself a very traumatizing birth in the hospital system, specifically of the Western culture. And so yeah. there's a, a lot of issue with it. Um, it doesn't take a lot of research to see that at this point. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a problem. And so for me to educate women, and it's more so of empowering them from the very beginning of getting pregnant and being able to be like, you know, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the support and feeling that support, but naturally being able to physiologically um, trust your body and what your body is capable of doing. You know, you don't tell your uterus to contract. Yeah. Um, but you have to feel safe enough for your body to relax for you to do that. And there's subconscious traumas that um, prohibit that. And when you go into a hospital setting, it immediately activates that and your mm-hmm. body responds. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to womb work, so what I've done too is I've named Cosmic Mapping where it's astrology, seven-year cycles, mm-hmm. Rudolf Steiner's seven-year cycles, and then metaphysical anatomy attached. So every astrological sign rules body parts in different aspects of our body. And then we grow and we mature in seven-year cycles monumentally. You know, a seven-year-old is very different than a 14-year-old. Yeah. And so then we track that in your chart because every house cusp rules something in your individual chart and where your signs are, you know. And it's blown my mind of what that shows, you know. It's like my son in Sagittarius, Libra rising, Scorpio moon, what those different body parts relate to and traumas in those sections of seven-year cycles. So we do a mapping process and go back to some of that. Wow. Yeah. So fascinated by this. I'm like, what's mine? I know. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking as you're talking. I'm like, who am I? Where do I belong to? Brit could probably help you. <laughs> so, okay, I know we're, Saab and I are familiar with shadow work, but in your own words for someone listening that may not know, um, how do you incorporate like shadow work with plant medicine into your work? Mm. Well, that it's one and the same. Uh, you know, shadow work is a Jungian uh, phrase and it's going deeper into the different layers of the subconscious and what we bury there. Uh, I'm not a believer of talk therapy. Um, I have a lot of psychologists as friends and I have a lot of some that come to me and I work with, which is very ironic. It's very cool though. It's very cool yeah. because it, if you have any imposter syndrome, that'll clear it right the fuck out mm-hmm. because you've aligned with this person. They have a expertise and knowledge that you are going to learn from too. Mm-hmm. 
But then they're also like, I went through all this schooling and now I'm also deprogramming myself from it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that. I didn't go through that programming. Um, And so shadow work is what will naturally occur when we feel safe and able to surrender and have clear intention with plant medicine and absolutely can be done with cannabis. Um, so of course you guys know that cannabis is like intention. Am I using it to check out or am I using it to really feel my body and check mm-hmm. in? Um, and so really that goes hand in hand. So different types of plant medicines are going to pull in different types of areas. Um, but I, the reason why I don't believe in talk therapy is one, uh, when I work with someone, I'm like, okay, and then we're done here. I am your friend. I am your um, ally, but you don't need me. Mm-hmm. Whereas talk therapy is like, well, seven years later, let's still talk about this same story. But we love to talk about our stories. Right. We're addicted. We um, we eroticize our pain. Um, and as a Scorpio moon coming from that with a shit ton of Scorpio, I'm like, oh, I used to love it so much. Yeah. Like, let me talk about my pain body all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to get through those those gates, you know, Mm -hmm. those veils as well. So, um, yeah, I find that for me in working with individuals who want to take that step, it's been, it's been psilocybin to really go deeper into those subconscious places, but we don't have to sit and, and spin and talk about it. And some things that are buried in the subconscious aren't meant for you to remember now. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe never. Yeah. But people who are like, no, we got to go in and poke and provoke and get it out. It's like, mm-hmm. what arises will arise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. That is. Yeah. So personally, Britt, how do you find cannabis to help you tap into yourself and your work whenever you do either in sessions or with people or planning out their sessions for them? Like, how does it help you move in your career? Cannabis for me um, really hasn't been a staple in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've used it, I think, unconsciously for diving deeper into relational patterns. Okay. Because the second time I did it that was just as profound as that Colorado experience okay. was at my house in my bed. And um, I'm sure you all know who Terrence McKenna is. He's like the the godfather of plant medicine very early on, him and his brother. Um and he coined the the hero's dose, the okay. heroic dose. Okay, I've heard about that. Five grams. Yes. So um, I was actually, that's funny you say that, that these, I had these psilocybin chocolates the other day and the, there was a five bar and they, that's what they referred it back to. So that's why I looked like this. I was like, why does that sound so familiar? That makes sense because mm-hmm. they called it the hero dose. Mm-hmm. That's Terrence McKenna. <laughs> so um, he also spoke when he was alive about cannabis And, you know, he would be like, if you really want to take it to these levels of we're talking about plant medicine in that way, he'd be like, go into a dark room with no music, alone by yourself, put an eye cover on, and smoke until you can't smoke anymore. Oh. And uh, it'll blast you off like a rocket. And so I sat with that for a while, and because I'm, I'm not a habitual cannabis user, and I thought, man, I can barely smoke anything and feel it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so at the time, um, I was in a relationship and I said, I want you to, because he smoked all the time at the time. And I said, we're going to lay down in my bed and we're going to put eye covers on. And we did have music on though. Uh, And I'm going to smoke until I can't hold it anymore. And he was like, what? Like he was shocked, right? And, And so he has no problem doing that. And then I did. 
and it was like a Rolodex of him and I's like past life incarnations in just the most crazy spiral of experiences. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. No. If you haven't, you have to see it today. Okay. 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 (laughs) It will blow your mind. Okay. Um, But there's a part in there like that. Um, And then all these like lives are skimming over her face, you know, Mm because I'm a believer of reincarnation, obviously. Um, And so... I saw all uh, so many of mine and his lives together, and it's it's wild sounding, but I don't you know care at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And it yeah, was maybe, it was beyond human too. And yeah. so then I would say something, and I was in that space, and I was like, "Are you seeing?" And he said, "Da da 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 da," and he was seeing what I was seeing. Shut up, that's yeah. crazy. Which is what you know the quantum entanglement that happens. Mm-hmm. When you're mm-hmm. in group settings where you're doing plant medicine or one-on-one with someone, um, mm-hmm. is very telepathic. Yeah. It's very channeled. And that's why we often prepare women in groups doing plant medicine journeys too. Okay. Of like, this is yours. This is like, it's putting up your own bubble and uh-huh. boundary. Yeah. yeah. So, but we were doing it intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if I kind of go back in my history of the deep journeys with cannabis, it's very much... Um, putting the puzzle pieces together in different relationships that I've attracted. Mm. So well, that's so well said. So interesting. It's such cool by perspective. That, to get myself, as you I said, I'm like, let's. I want to figure that out. <laughs> wow. Okay. So with all of us being on our own journey and always figuring it out, but coming from your mind, Brit, and what you do and your knowledge, what's some solid advice that you would like to share that you think everybody should know? Just in general. Yeah, just in general, (laughs) just whatever comes to your mind. Um, I would just say that following your own inner guidance and heart coherence, what excites you, which might change daily, um, will magnetize who you are into the world. And I've learned and I'm still learning daily of being the magnet and letting things come to me mm-hmm. and then taking the deliberate action steps when I feel called, but not from scarcity and not from flailing and then thinking I have to do something. So yeah. from the ego place yeah. and then also waking up every day really and imagining that when you went to sleep the night before you died and you're reborn each day. Right, because what happened yesterday or a week ago is just in our memory. So I kind of imagine that flushes out, and so I'm creating new labels of what I see that to be every day. So mm. that being said, I have to look at other people that way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. then I would be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. So I have to look at other people in their highest of self, which I think is something I can do and have done, and it's a skill. Um, and it's what I see in people when they come to me is a sort of this higher version self that can be actualized, which is, you know, we have so many different probable realities we can take on a daily basis, like millions, right? Um, but it's really just letting ourself be reborn each day. That's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's cool. such a unique perspective. That's why we love to do what we do because people like yourself come on here and share perspectives that like we haven't heard or don't hear often enough and it always helps open our mind to the remainder of like 
whenever, you know, and yeah, it's, it's cool. Inspiring. So inspiring. So speaking of inspiring, what would you say is the most rewarding part of what you get to do? Well, I think it's the reflection and the mirror that I get. You know, uh, I attract a lot of two um, in a nonlinear way of what I'm either experiencing or have before, and I see the mirrors in those individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like to see is individuals' own aha moments that I just plant seeds and spark something, but then yeah. they figured it out. Mm-hmm. And when I'm sitting with someone or when we're in a group setting and they realize, oh, my God, like, there it is. There's a spark. There's the trail. There's the track. There's the pattern. Then knowing that I didn't necessarily tell them, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't tell people how to live their life, what choices to make, but they've felt it at a different core level. And um, that right there is what I think it means to be a space holder because, you know, we're not, we're not telling people what to do, what to say, how to act or, or how to live their life. Mm -hmm. And even when people come to my space or retreats, I'm like, you know, you still have a choice of we're going to do this right now. No, I don't feel called to do that. Okay. You know, there's no pressure Mm -hmm. in that. And that's partly why I came into holding space for plant medicine was because of a experience I had that was very negative once in a group setting and the space holders, I, I didn't align with their integrity. Okay. And um, I thought, okay, now I'm hearing about it happening in other countries. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing about, like, sexual assaults. I'm hearing about people feeling completely alone. They come back fragmented and even more traumatized because of that. Um, and so then I'm like, no, this isn't, no way. Mm-hmm. Because birth and plant medicine journeys go hand in hand. It's very, very similar. Um, so, Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All I can keep saying is wow, because I'm just like. <laughs> I love it. So, Britt, we ask everyone this question, but what is something surrounding cannabis, a stigma that you would like to see changed? Mm. Um, that it's this gateway drug. <laughs> There's yeah. still a whole generation that believes that. Um, yes. And, you know, and this is going to sound pretty harsh, but and it's not every every dispensary, but I had this thought one day and I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the boom of it all and, and taking this plant and, and creating this like multi-million dollar companies from it. And the same, they're, they're trying to do that with psilocybin now, like it's next and they're trying to make synthetic mm-hmm. and, and it's this, uh, human beings trying to play God and like, we know better the hybrids and the synthetic and, you know, evolution, just because you can make a patent on something doesn't mean that it's innovation, mm-hmm. you know, and they're trying to do that and I'm never going to be on board with it. But I started thinking about cannabis places and not all, cause I know some people who own them with integrity, but I'm like, these are just plant brothels and you go in and you pick this and, you know, I, I see cannabis as female mm-hmm. and this beautiful feminine energy that can be also used and manipulated. And then whoever touches these things and you're taking that in your body, that's an energetic exchange. Yeah, dude. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's so real. So they're in there like groom, grooming them and mm-hmm. probing them and mm-hmm. touching them. And it's like very intimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And whatever they're experiencing and going through and their intentions, if they're in there doing all that and cutting them and being like, I'm going to make so much money from you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do mm-hmm. this just... 
Uh, and then I jokingly said one day, I'm like, they're like brothels, you know? Yeah. That's a good perspective. Like, it's very um, thought-provoking, uh-huh. yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of energy transfer that there goes is. into everything that's being yeah. done. Even the energy that's poured into the plants from, like, yeah. even just the music or totally the conversations that. that are around. Like, yeah. we have a couple friends who are growers, and they're very mindful and intentional growers. And even the words that they speak to their girls and how they move. and or the moon cycle. Growing. Yeah, yes. yeah. There's, there's yeah. a lot of that. And it's very interesting because... All of the grower friends that we have all have very unique perspectives, but it all goes back to the same thing that what you feel, yeah, the intention and the energy you feed into the plants is the energy that the patients get. Yeah. And that's who you go to to get your medicine from. Mm -hmm. That's a great reminder. That is. Thank you for sharing that, all of your perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Britt, if anyone's interested in what you offer, where can they find more info? And if you'll share your Instagram for anyone listening that wants to look you up. So my website is Brit, B-R-I-T-T dash Johnson.com and everything on there from my womb healing sessions to astrology sessions and then the retreats. And we're going to launch two more treats for East and West Coast on 8-8. And then we're going to do in November an online retreat. So I'm really excited about that for people who can't physically go and show up to some of these and so there'll be like five different speakers over two days oh cool on there yeah and Very cool. really inexpensive to so check that out yeah. yeah um and then my instagram is at venus underscore rising underscore um and there's a lot of fake ones like so many so <laughs> make sure the the bio link has everything in it sometimes they even take the bio link with everything in it and i'm like they troll you so hard but i'm like you're using the actual links that people can go directly book with me. Yeah, so thank you <laughs> for helping me out, I guess. But you'll know it's me because of my stories. Yeah, And uh, I post my face on them and talk, you know, on there, so. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for being with us today, yeah. Britta. I think thank this wraps so up much. our episode. Yeah. We really appreciate just your passion and your knowledge and just what, everything you poured into this conversation and enlightened us with so thank you for doing that thank you for having me absolutely well stay tuned for next week's episode and thank you for everyone who listened and as always stay medicated Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.